My name is Dominique Drew, and this is The Art of Attraction, the premier podcast to elevate your relationships, your life, and yourself. I'm your host, Dominique Drew, an intuitive, a spiritual guide, and a seasoned expert in men's relationship coaching. I've used the methods in this podcast to completely transform my own life and relationships, and now, high performers in every industry hire me to help them do the same. Here, you will learn how to solve the issues in your inner world which keep you from real fulfillment, deep intimacy, freedom, and authenticity. Welcome to the next stage of your evolution. And we are live with The Art of Attraction with Dominique Drew. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining me today. We have a great show for you today. If you are new to my podcast or to this uh, broadcast on Facebook Live, then by all means, welcome. Uh, my name is Dominique Drew. I am your host, which you may never have guessed, given that the title is Art of Attraction with Dominique Drew. Um, and I help single men attract life partners through personal and relationship coaching. But if you're familiar with the work and you're familiar with uh, this podcast, then um, you'll know that my approach to that isn't so much about, you know, um, what to say to women or what to wear, how to present yourself, but really the underlying ways in which we hold ourselves back from what we want, right? And so... Um, you know, because of that, you know, the, the, the work that I do is actually not that specific to dating. Um, I do work exclusively with men, but it's also not specific to men. Um, it's really about, you know, self-sabotage. How do we hold ourselves back from what we want? How do we have, you know, where in life do we have one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake and what is resulting from that? And so today um, we're going to take, um, uh, actually not going to be that much of a detour, but a little bit of a detour into the world of business and success, because this is, um, I think my guests will absolutely agree with me, a huge area where people sabotage. And um, just like love, you know, money, success, uh, purpose, um, you know, um, business, kind of expressing yourself in that way in the world is a huge um, area in which people uh, tend to sabotage themselves, right? So today, I'm very fortunate to have uh, Glenn Miller on as my guest. And Glenn um, is uh, very kind to be here with me today. Um, Glenn is really a, a classic entrepreneur, okay? He really, he has multiple businesses in many different areas. Um, and now what he does is he specializes in mentoring and coaching for business people, professional athletes, public figures, um, CEOs of company. And he's really all about helping these people really achieve their full potential professionally. Um, so Glenn, thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. So, um, you know, I'd love if you could just take a minute, introduce yourself. Um, what, uh, what is it that, that really uh, drew you to this, to this area? And, you know, what brings you here today? Well, um, what brought me here is um, basically I, I really value helping people. And um, like many, many people who've gotten a lot of help along the way, whether it's through mentorship, uh, coaching, friendships, family, uh, we all need help. We all need support uh, at various uh, phases of our lives, whether it's professionally, personally. So my journey has taken me from 
you know, being an entrepreneur and as I spent most of my career restructuring companies and financing businesses, I, um, I decided to, uh, to take a lot of that experience and put it into what I call preventative medicine. And today I, what is giving me the most value in my career is to help people not make those mistakes, not sabotage uh, either opportunities or companies that they own or uh, professions that they, they actually have. And, and that has been, you know, one of the most rewarding, um, you know, professional thing that I've done in my career. So that's, that's what's brought me to you. Brilliant. Now, you mentioned um, preventative medicine. What does that consist of? Well, you know, what I'm trying to do, and I lecture at uh, universities, you know, and uh, basically I try to teach young entrepreneurs to, um, you know, to go out there and make mistakes. But there's a lot uh, that you can learn, not just from your, you know, your schooling, whether it's your, your undergrad, your master's, your MBA, or whatever you're studying in. And I basically, I'm using a lot of the knowledge that I have and either restructuring or fixing companies and and broken broken companies and I, I i've taken a lot of that knowledge and try to pass it down to the next generation of entrepreneurs uh to uh basically not make uh, those mistakes i mean being an entrepreneur is all about making mistakes and, but I'm, you know you have to really manage those mistakes otherwise you're going to be out of business yeah and i really bring it back to relationships you know a lot of what i do is actually focused on relationships and whether they're professional relationships. I even touch a lot on personal relationships because those are all part of what makes uh, people successful in their lives, both personally and professionally. Yeah. Amen. So I want to circle back to you uh, to that in a, in a minute here, but so you kind of, um, you know, if a, a major company or someone who um, is trying to, uh, you know, is struggling in their life, whether they're a public figure or an athlete or whatever, um, is having a hard time professionally, you kind of swoop in and, and fix the situation, right? And, and teach them a way to, um, to either get back up or to, to learn to float it and make it sustainable. What do you tend to find um, is really the underlying cause or the main underlying cause that has caused these businesses, people, corporations to get where they are by the time you're called in? Great question. Um... You know, I, through I've been doing this for 20 years, and you know, uh, basically, I pretty much I've seen everything in this business uh, in terms of how uh, companies go from being great to uh, companies actually, you know, going through various cycles and up and down, whether they're public or private companies, right down to you know bankruptcy. So I've really uh, lived all kinds of different cycles, and you know, ironically, you know, when I take on new clients, whether they're CEOs of companies or professional athletes that come to me for business advice, we often, you know, I start by doing uh, an assessment of their personal goals and and basically I call it a strategic life plan. <laughs> so we, we, we actually elevate uh, beyond the business to really understand what personally motivates people. That's you know, wonderful. That's like my, my free strategy session. I call it a strategy session. It's like, okay, what, are we a good fit? Can I help? What are you trying to do? What's the problem? It's exactly what I do with my potential clients as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's an important step because yeah. at the end of the day, you know, when people wake up in the morning to go to work and, and you know, however you, you make a living to, you know, to, you know, to, to, to pay your bills and to live and to travel and, Put food on your table. I mean, everybody 
gets up for different reasons, right? But we're a lot of us are motivated by the same simple things, which is you know happiness and 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 the joy of of receiving love, giving love. So people tend to get lost, you know, in this complicated uh, multi uh, communication uh, world today. <laughs> so I try to bring it really back to basics. So when I'm sitting in front of a CEO who rarely is, you know, is, is someone who's typically very isolated um, in their business. And, uh, and basically, uh, it, it, they find it very refreshing that we actually talk about, you know, the strategic life plan mm-hmm. and basically what makes you happy, mm-hmm. where do you like to spend your time, how much time you actually work in your, in your 168 hours, uh, 68 hours a week that you have available. And we really break it down. And basically, people are often very, very surprised how, you know, um, quite uh, they drift apart. They drift away from really some of the fundamental things that make them happy. Mm. So basically, and, you know, we, we look at relationships. We look at all the relationships that are really key to making, you know, your life successful, to making your business successful. But because at the end of the day, and I will full circle back to your question. At the end of the day, it's what makes companies drive forward and and people successful is really people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it's it's the makeup of everything. Whether you have the greatest product in the world, greatest service in the world, your company is well capitalized. If you don't have you know uh, good people around you, a good team, you, you're not gonna you're not gonna drive forward. So yeah. we really break break it down and we really get personal like you do with your clients mm-hmm. and, and see what are the personal problems? What are the driving personal uh, forces behind the business? And, you know, this, whether you're president or whether you're an athlete or regardless of what you're doing, you know, so those, those questions need to be addressed. And that often are the driving forces behind the business. Mm-hmm. And, and if the personal motives are not aligned properly or, you know, in terms of what makes you happy, you know, your, your business is not going to work. That's exactly right. Those are some of the, some of the issues we address. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly the same, isn't it? It's like, you don't have a problem in your business. You have a life problem that's showing up in your business. Right. And the the same kind of kind of have with dating life. You don't have dating problems. You have life problems that are showing up in your dating life. So I, I kind of do the same. Um, you know, I ask about, you know, all these other areas. Once people, you know, tend to start working with me, often we're not even working on dating issues. You know, sometimes we do for sure. We'll work on whatever people want. But often it tends to come down to, you know, where's the, what's the self-worth issue or what's the overcompensation or the, you know, the, you know, fear of intimacy that's keeping, keeping women at bay or, you know, however it's kind of manifesting for you. And the cause is always something a little bit different, isn't it? Exactly. And, you know, just to, just to give you maybe more of a complete uh, answer to your question, yeah. you know, people often ask me what, what causes the demise of, um, of a company, you know, how do companies go from, you know, thriving to being in serious financial difficulty. And people often will say, well, they're, they're over leveraged, too much debt, they've made wrong decisions and wrong strategic decisions. And often when we, when we look at how companies or how, how careers get destroyed, we circle it back and I tell people 80% of why companies don't succeed is because of communication problems. So people are often surprised by that answer because they think it's much more related to finances and or companies are not selling their products well or marketing their products well. But communication is at the core and the relationship is at the core of, of, of a lot of it. So whether it's 
yourself in your personal relationship with your spouse or significant other, or whether it's with employees or your employer, um, you know, communication is always the key. And that's where, you know, we, we intertwine in terms of you and I discussing how, how do we help people not sabotage themselves and, and, and these, these communication, these bad communication patterns they have. Our relationships are not functional. How do you make them functional? Mm-hmm. So it's the same in business. Mm. And what do you find um, when you find is it eighty percent? That's I mean that is really high. And I've I've heard. I mean I haven't you know validated this, but I have heard you know people say that ninety percent of relationship issues come down to lack of communication, and it makes sense because that's where you know when we're saying communication, we really mean like connection. Like are you on? Are you are you communicating? Are you able to? you know, be seen by the other accurately or able to see accurately, or is there a lot of, you know, bullshit in the way that kind of um, muddies the signal and, uh, and and gets you off track? Um, what do you tend to find, um, or maybe the most common, or maybe just an example of what it is that keeps these people from communicating? Like what tends to be under the surface with that, do you find? Uh, well, I think when you, when you have some communication problems, Often you need to take an inner look at yourself. <clears throat> in my opinion, um, it's not always uh, you know choosing the right the right word or communicating with clarity. I mean, people who have com- problems communicating, you know, those problems are going to reflect themselves in, in different ways with siblings, parents, friends, co-employees. So I often tell people you really have to look at. You know why? Why do you have these, these inhibitions to communicate? And I think you have to be able to have that self uh, introspection in terms of you know why am I not capable of communicating clearly? Either my feelings, my thoughts, my emotions, and all that has to be aligned, right? So you can't be sending a message and it's totally disconnected with your emotions, uh, even though you're trying to get a message through. So, so part of you know uh, my work and your work is to help. Uh, people understand are they communicating effectively and if they're not what's the real reason behind that are they blocked emotionally are they are they uh, have a fear of of going deeper in a relationship because they they have a fear of failure they have a fear of rejection so these are very difficult things to bring out of people because nobody you know a lot of it is some of it is subconscious some of it is conscious but people really need to sort of take a step back and take a look at themselves internally, emotionally. And that's a really hard thing to do because Hmm. we're all busy and everybody's running for something. (laughs) So, you know, that's why it's important to reach out, whether it's through somebody like you, a dominate that really helps, you know, people communicate better or find themselves, you know, internally in terms of what they, what, what they like or what makes them happier, whether it's through somebody like me that needs mentoring in business, but that self-exploration is really the start of, of, of really looking at whether you're, you know, you're communicating effectively and, and is it consistent with everything else that supports you as a person? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. That's exactly what we, um, it's exactly what we, you know, talk about in our, you know, in, in clients with me and, and, and on this podcast as well. It's like, you know, it's, it's got to be that inner work because you're the common denominator of every negative experience you've ever had, right? It's following you. Um, and we like to look, you know, as you said, we're, we're busy. I would say that's the, 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 <laughs> the least intense reason we want, we, we don't want to do that. I mean, it's painful, right? It's painful to be brutally honest with ourselves and look at the parts of us that maybe aren't so great or holding ourselves back and, 
Um, unfortunately, it's just the most valuable thing you can possibly do. Um, and uh, yeah, there's just, there's no getting around it or I'm sure I would teach that method instead because I'm sure that would be a lot easier. <laughs> a lot easier. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, and you have, um, you're, you know, interesting uh, on this sort of art of attraction topic on a couple of ways because you, um, I feel like saying, and I, I hope it's okay for me to say, I feel as though you, you have a life that most people kind of dream of as far as, you know, what you've built and how you, um, you know, the life that you've created yourself and you're very self-aware and, 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 you know, part of that is this incredible, um, relationship that you have, you know, you have this beautiful, um, sort of power couple connection with, um, your wife, uh, Lisabelle Filetreau, who, um, is a, a beautiful artist. I actually have an artist, uh, a piece of her art hanging in my living room right now, um, that I bought with you guys last summer. And, um, and so, you know, the, the success in relationship and also professionally, um, how does that, um, how do those two things relate? Like, is there a, is it tough to keep that balance? Are you able to, um, to, you know, do everything that you need to do in your relationship to really keep you guys solid and happy and then also um, give in your, um, in your professional life? Or how do those things kind of relate for you? Well, um, they, they're actually very important. And, and, you know, uh, I would, I tell people that, uh, one of, one of the reasons why I'm a successful entrepreneur is because of my wife. Um, you know, we, we've been together 20 years. Uh, she was, I was, uh, senior executive at a bank and, uh, living a, uh, a pretty posh, uh, you know, life when my wife met me out of my own driver, the bank wanted me to drive my own car. I had made a big salary, big expense account. And, you know, my wife was one of the driving forces to have me leave that environment to, to be an entrepreneur. So mm. she was, she was definitely one of the, uh, very important elements uh, for me to take that leap. Um, and, um, and I did. And after that, uh, you know, I always see, you know, you have to define your own level of success. For me, being an entrepreneur and being a master of my own faith was very important, managing mm -hmm. my own time, being in control of my time. But having a very solid relationship is really the foundation. Uh, you know, I mean, I have a lot of admiration for people who uh, are single and still do very well professionally because you really got to be strong when you're doing it on your own. Uh, you know, I have admiration for single people that have the strength to do that because he, they really, they, it, it's, a, it's a bigger battle when you are in a relationship where you have a, a supporting, a very supportive spouse uh, to go through the ups and downs of whether it's you're an entrepreneur, whether you have a career, doesn't matter what you do, there's ups and downs everywhere. So I would tell you for my own success, it's, it's been really fundamental. Um, we've had to keep, we've had to keep uh, a balance of um uh you know of, of, of you know then then it's a question of priorities right some people have value more their work or their career than their their spouse or their mm -hmm. family so you know that's when you're rejigging all of those values and priorities well you know my priority is is my wife i mean that it all starts there and uh you know we've, we've been able to keep our um our relationship very fresh, very spicy, and very, you know, you know, for 20 years, it's, you know, people sometimes are very surprised. And yes, we fight. Yes, we have our ups <laughs> and downs, but uh, it, it's what makes life interesting, right? So basically, uh, yeah, I would say there's a, there's a, 
a tremendous amount of importance to, again, relationship. If you're not in a significant relationship with somebody else, um, it could be your close, immediate circle of friends. So all those relationships are, are very important to help you succeed both as a person uh, and as you know, a career person or an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Where do you think you would be if you weren't, uh, if you hadn't met her 20 years ago? <laughs> well, that's, uh, well, I never, she, yeah, she, uh, my wife will have to remind me that question, <laughs> but I've never had somebody else ask me. But, um, you know, it was, uh, you know, a lot of, it's a great story. Uh, I won't, you know, tell it in details, but it, it was, you know, I met my wife on a Thursday and on a Saturday we were living together. So basically, <laughs> Uh, when you know, you know, you know. <laughs> it, and, and we've, we've never looked back. So basically, uh, you know, we're, we're both, uh, driving forces in our lives and, and inspire each other mutually. We're partners as well. So we, we have to manage that. Uh, I mentor and coach family businesses in terms of how to balance all of that when you're in business with your spouse mm-hmm. or your, so, you know, there's boundaries, there's, you need a structure, you know, and you can't forget, uh, all the advantaging uh, the advantages of, of, of being in business with your spouse, right? You get to spend more time together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we, we complement each other very well. And, you know, we, we, you know, power couple, we're, we're, I would like to, us to be considered a really happy couple mm. that have three, three great kids and five, six different businesses and different sort of uh, different industries. So it, it's, it's been a great, it's been a great ride. So well, that's really fantastic. You sound like you're in a very happy um, and really balanced relationship. And uh, I think it's a, uh, it's a shame that I feel the urge to say this, but it feels I don't see that a whole lot. You know, people who are sort of really consciously, you know, in the relationship and, and present in it and putting work in and, you know, prioritize it, you know, as, as, um, as much and also as little as is necessary, you know, to keep balance with the rest of the life. Um, uh, so that's actually, that's just really great to hear. Yeah, but it, you know, uh, it's come through, um, you know, and, and, and as much as I, you know, I, I've told you how great it, we, we've had, like everybody else, you go through a phase in your relationship and, and sometimes you need one or the other spouse to remind each other of the importance of sitting down together, sharing, you know, I mean, life is, goes by fast and, you know, basically, um, you know, in terms of communication, my, my wife was, you know, instrumental in helping me communicate better because I didn't always used to be very clear. I, you know, everybody's got their issues communicating depending on the circumstance, but you know, it it came with a lot of work, you know, I mean, people say, well, well, you know, you actually work hard in your relationship. Yeah. It's, it's, you've got to work through those difficult periods. You have to, we don't always agree and, you know, sabotaging or, or destroying whatever, trust you have or or communication or all the good years you've had you you can throw it all away i mean we live in a an era of disposable relationship right Mm. you're you're one you're one flick away from (laughs) from being turned to the left side instead of the right on your phone but you know we live in a whole different generation now so we're you know we're not you know we're, we're, we're everybody is moving very quickly relationships have become you know i mean i think the fundamentals of relationships have not changed but the, the external pressures on those relationships have tremendously impacted how people communicate and not always for the better. We've never had so many ways of communicating, but by the same token, people spend less and less time speaking to each other. 
And, you know, I'm always amazed when I go to a restaurant with my wife and we're, we're sitting down and we lift our heads and because we're, we're always, we never stop talking. We've been talking for 20 years. So I haven't had, <laughs> I think, a 30-second pause in 20 years of my life. But sometimes you lift, you lift our heads up, and I'm like, there's eight couples in the restaurant, and seven of them are texting, and they're not talking to each other. Yes, I'm like, I noticed wow. that a lot, too. Yeah. It's, it's pretty bad. Yeah. So, you know, we have a rule. When we have our family dinners on Monday. You got to check your phone uh, at the door. Otherwise, it's liable to end up the lake Good for you. live on water mm-hmm. so uh, yeah so you know again all these challenges and people rarely slow down to think about all these different challenges that we have today in terms of communicating and and really absorbing the information what people are actually telling each other people are very aggressive i find you know a lot of people are texting now and it's, it's easy to be tough on on a, on a text right how many times people get annoyed Next thing you know, they push the send button and goes, oh, my God, I shouldn't have done that. Mm. You know, when you're sitting in front of somebody and you're actually have a, you know, you have a real person, you have emotions and you're trying not to hurt somebody's feeling. It's it's a completely different dynamic. So I'm often telling my clients, you know, whether they're CEOs of companies or athletes or it's like communication, like I said, is, is really the key when you're when you're implementing a culture in a company. You know, you want to have those one on ones. You want to. You want to have those discussions with your people. So I'm really old fashioned that way. I really feel that, you know, yeah, we have great tools today to be much more efficient. We don't need to press hard on that memo, three copies, (laughs) but it doesn't replace, you know, a good heart to heart, good eye to eye conversation and trying to really understand what, what people are trying to say. Yeah. I super agree. I have a little follow-up question for you. I'm curious to know your thoughts on this. So I hear people say this um, a lot that, you know, communication's broken down and that, you know, especially with online dating, it's just like, you know, nobody talks to each other. I feel like people say that a lot. Nobody talks to each other, which, I mean, there's, there's no arguing. As you said, you look up in a restaurant and seven, you know, seven out of eight couples are, are on their phone or just sitting there silently, which to me just looks even worse. But um, if you're, so, so do you think that that uh, discrepancy, that block in communication is because of technology and the methodologies that we have here. And it's easy to ghost and it's easy to, you know, not take responsibility. Um, and that that led to this break in communication. Or do you think that's always been the case? People have kind of always wanted uh, a way out and technology just makes that really easy to do. Uh, very good observation. Um, if I give you a higher uh, a higher level answer. Uh, actually, I believe that the first problem is is that everybody is trying to live in a world where you know material consumption is 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 number one. Oh, right. So people today rarely think that this is a major driving force mm-hmm. to communication. W- what do I mean by that? Well, you know, there's never been. You know, people in, I'll give you an example, third world countries have phones now. So they see how the rest of the world is, right? So all of a sudden, you know, um, it puts a huge, you know, uh, a stress on somebody's life. And I'm not saying people in third world countries should have phones, but, you know, people want nice cars, people want nice homes, people want their flat screen, their, their cells, their gym membership. So it's nice to be ambitious. And then when you all add all that up, uh, People are driven. People are driven to succeed. People and people get on that, you know, that that treadmill, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, students students get out of school. They're paying loans for ten years. 
So everybody's on that treadmill of life, right? So, and I, of course, it, it, that treadmill keeps being faster and faster and faster. And everybody's trying to keep up subconsciously, right? Everybody wants that great lifestyle. So one of the things that I find that where people have sort of disconnected, I mean, all this technology is great. And, you know, with a click of a button, we can see what's going on everywhere in the world. And we're getting information all over the world. You can Google anything today. Everybody's smart. You're one click away from, from having any piece of information. Yep. But at the end of the day, you know, it's like the basic needs of people have not changed. People need three meals a day. People need to be loved. People need to feel appreciated. People need to, you know, to feel have safe, goals. shelter. Yeah. Yeah. Food. I mean, I find people in general and, and, you know, I, I see this with people with money and I'm, and I have a certain amount of discomfort with too much money. I mean, mm-hmm. um, it, it just, people, people seem to be on this, this mad race. So one of the things I try to do with my clients is to slow everything down to really understand, like just when you're going for a walk or a kayak ride or you're in the woods somewhere and, and actually you're back to the fundamentals of life, right? Just taking the good breath of fresh air, just having time ahead of you where you're not getting 18 texts in two minutes. See, our life has become so disbalanced, so, you know, so lopsided now where yeah, people people have adopted these communication methods now and basically are now suppressing a lot of what makes people balanced, right? Which is actually living, uh, sleeping in hours a day, actually having a normal meal while you're not working in front of the computer or in mm-hmm. front of the TV. So, you know, uh, you know, all of this has been, you know, work in progress for me as well because, you know, you're trying to keep up with everybody, but at the same time, you're saying, well, this is not working for me because either I'm not connecting with my kids, I'm not looking at them, I don't have the energy to give to them because I'm, I, I, I got 18 you know, emails coming in the last four minutes and people calling me every two seconds. So this, this balance, mm-hmm. you know, I had balance tattooed on my body <laughs> because my wife you know, told me, I mean, you're, you're so extreme in what you do when you buy a business or get in a business. And, you know, if I don't have balance, I think I would self-destruct. So my challenge, my Achilles tendon in life is to try to reach that balance so that I can really keep that energy to see clearly, speak freely, let my emotions dictate how I speak as opposed to let my whatever object, uh, you know, objectives uh, I have in life or whatever politically is correct or incorrect. So. I mean, that, that comes through aging, <laughs> it comes through pain, it comes through crying, it comes through dealing with your shit, mm-hmm. pardon my, oh, my no. French. Please, speak French. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, back to you, I mean, I, I feel that people, you know, a lot of people are completely disconnected. I mean, I've, maybe mm-hmm. some of your, your listeners are going to tell me, wow, this guy's, you know, pretty negative, but I'm not. It's just that, you know, it's great to text three people when you're going out to dinner and you're, you're trying to just save time and coordinate but at the end of the day i think people are hiding behind their the technology or their devices but there's a bigger problem in terms of i believe you know how we've grown as a society of consumption and and really you have to define your own happiness with this evolution right so and 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 part of taking the time to not sabotage your own life is to is to take a reflection and whether whether it's yoga or meditating or going to church, whatever your thing is, 
I think that intro that that reflection is very very important because that balance has to come from from inside, right? So if you can reach that balance, I believe you can communicate effectively, um, you know, verbally, emotionally, you know, even with your eyes, uh, with your touch, and you know, and and then you'll be more effective trying to reach out to other people in terms of giving them what you want or receiving what you want. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't that interesting? I think it's, I was thinking as you were speaking, it's, it's fascinating to me because everybody says exactly what you just said, right? I mean, uh, <laughs> that didn't sound good. What you said was brilliant. Um, <laughs> but one thing, <laughs> one of the things that you covered, um, is that, you know, um, that the, that the glitz and the glam, the things that, um, we associate on first thought, maybe with success, with financial success, monies, cars, uh, monies, all the monies, the cars, the houses. And, um, and yet every person says, you know, every person who's gotten to, you know, much older than you looks back and says, that's actually not what matters. Like, that's not actually what makes you feel excited about life. So it's like, that's, I would say, something that's maybe a uh, trope, I think, if I'm using that word correctly, in our culture. Like, that's that's something that we kind of know, quote unquote, to be true. And yet, exactly as you just said, we're all sort of striving for the same thing, despite having that knowledge, which observing that tells me there's something stronger that wants that than even that knows that won't actually give the happiness that you want. Um, I wonder if you have any thoughts about what that might be that creates that drive that is so strong to get some to to achieve something that, at least with our brains, we know isn't ultimately what we want or will make us will make us happy. Um, wow, that's 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 a great question. I'm throwing uh, a lot of shit at you, by the way. This isn't may not no, be relevant no, whatsoever, it's, but <laughs> no, look, I, I, it's it's a challenging question, but I, I walk I welcome that. Um, Look, you know, I mean, I've I've been at fault myself for being overly ambitious, mm. you know. So life has a strange way of teaching you lessons because I think driving forces of life are much stronger than all of us here. So whatever you believe in, cosmic force, uh, I I don't know. Whatever your 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 belief system is, I, I would tend to tell you that, you know, you, you, life has a way. Of, of of being real slow and all of a sudden the, the time starts to fly by and you know you're in your 20s you're in your 40s you have challenges every five years or 10 years or you know i mean uh, life is can be kinder to others and then really unfair to others some people have tragedies diseased cancers you know there's, there's a lot of stuff i mean life can give it and can take it away very fast so you know it, it's all very fragile so if you if you can I think what people end up doing is they forget that. So till they have, unfortunately, humans are very selfish. Uh, I, I think by most part they sure. they tend to think they're industrial. You know, they're not destructible. They're mm-hmm. they're not going to die. We're all immortal. I mean, <laughs> but basically, are we not? You know, I think <laughs> we live in a generation where we've lived more changes. Mm. For the last two thousand years, right? so you know, people tend to forget yes. the pace at which these changes, whether the environmental changes, technology changes, social changes, my, mm. you know, we're going through. There's so much. We live in a global world now. Yep. Uh, Food, you know, lifestyle. It's it, 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 it's crazy. Yeah. So you know, how do you how do you make sense of it all? But at the end of the day, you have to really understand what what makes you happy, and and you know, you got to go back to those sources. And I think that people. You know, it's important. Shows like yours are important because it allows people just to tune off whatever CNN or Fox or whatever they're listening to 
and really look at themselves. I mean, hopefully what we're discussing is just helping people to sort of think about their own lives. I think that's the purpose and hopefully help uh, give some advice to people in terms of what maybe questions they need to ask themselves. And we're all too busy to do it. So we're all guilty of doing it, including myself. And I always use examples with my own clients of, you know, at one point I I had 300 employees. I had 10 different companies, eight different industries. They weren't huge businesses. You know, I I didn't build Facebook and, you know, but coming from a very modest background, you know, I I was pretty happy with my level of success and I had offices in New York and in Toronto and, you know, I was doing business in Europe and, you know, I went from, you know, and, and I, and where I was making the most money, I was the most miserable. <laughs> my, I was never home. I was always gone. Um, you know, that led to, you know, uh, all kinds of different personal problems with my wife. We went through a very difficult period. And I, that period had to make me re-gauge everything I did. So today, you know, even though I'm, I'm uh, I, I went from three, I tell people, I went from 300 employees to three employees. <laughs> and I've never been happier. <laughs> I'm not saying you shouldn't create employment. I'm saying my level of balance and success yeah. has been, is defined differently today. You know, the, the, the joke uh, with my friends is I have a very, very expensive Italian car that spends most of the time in a garage and I'm on my bike. Uh, you know, I do 4,000 miles this summer on my bike, right? So, you know, the joke is I spend like three hours a day on my bicycle. So, you know, having to rejig all of what, all the things that I thought made me happy to mm. what I'm, you know, I'm home every day at, you know, four o'clock and I'll leave home. So, I mean, I have the luxury of doing it, mm-hmm. but I also have the luxury. I made a decision that I would rather, spend as much time with my kids and my wife as opposed to being gone flying all over North America doing business. So these are choices. They're individual personal choices. You know, some people say, Glenn, I, I didn't go to med school. I didn't become a lawyer. I didn't go to Harvard to become a lawyer to, you know, to stay home and come, come home at three. <laughs> the real world is I got to work 80 hours. Right. But you know, you're right. At certain stages of your life, you know, you, you need to do that. Yeah. But, but let's not actually, blame that on the real world. Right. I mean, like, and there are probably law practices where you can work a nine to five if you, you know, like, like, <laughs> I feel like there's also that in that, in you saying that I heard that like victim place of like, well, that's just the way the world is, Glenn, for everybody other than you. It's like, well, as you just said, it's a choice, like this choice. And I choose to yeah. work 80 hours a week and I then choose to do it again the next week. And <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, I, my argument is, you know, um, if you're, if you're going to be a great lawyer, maybe you tell your your partner is that you're going to work from home till 10 mm-hmm. and you're still going to build the same amount yes. and you can actually see your kids take the bus in the morning. Yes. You know? So we live in a world where you can actually work more from home now. So having these big offices where everybody goes and have a call, I mean, we, we live in different times and it, you should have some advantages to that. Right. So, so that being said, you know, everybody's got their challenges. Everybody uh, has their definition of what makes them happy, functional, and and how are they going to um, ultimately pursue their objectives, uh, their 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 happiness? I call them happiness objectives. And people, <laughs> and I don't know if you, you you've done this. I mean, people have a hard time defining even what makes them happy. Oh you know? yes. When we, it, it's crazy because mm-hmm. everybody's too busy running around. Yeah, exactly right. And, and what they want too. People are like, I don't know. I just never seem to uh, never seem to get what I want. I'm like, well, what is it that you want? Well, I'm not really sure. Okay. Well, that's that's <laughs> certainly square one. <laughs> Why don't we give that a shot and go from there? Um, You're right. 
I'm curious too about your process to get where you are. Um, and I'm not quite sure how to ask this question. So I feel like I, I want to share a little bit, uh, a brief story about myself to kind of uh, indicate what I'm uh, what I'm asking here, but for me, I've I've always you know I've I've trained in the work that I do for about 15 years, and um, you know me pretty well. I'm I'm about 180 degrees from where I started. Right, I don't even look the way I did when I started this work. Like it's completely turned me around um, in in all incredibly wonderful ways. Um, and I always knew that I wanted to teach it. Like I've felt that sense of purpose very much for um, you know for as long as I can I can remember really, or for certainly at least that 15 15 years. Um, and yet I was never able to create a business out of it, right? Because those are different skills. Like, and I do what I do very well. And then building a business is, is a skill set of its own, obviously, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so at some point, uh, you know, about, uh, you know, a few years ago, I, I um, somehow kind of leveled up and I developed um, what I can sort of best describe as persistence. And, uh, you know, that sort of... Um, relentlessness. Like, right, I'm going to do this no matter what, because this is what I'm on the planet to do. And nothing is going to get in my way. And before that, I wasn't like that. If something sort of was difficult or it was hard, I kind of like gave up, you know, it was just easier. Um, and so without that, so I, I credit that in a way, if I hadn't have achieved, if I hadn't have pushed through and, and developed that, that relentlessness, that this is a non-negotiable, I'm not going to, you know, creating, not creating this business is a non-negotiable, right? Um, without that level of, of relentlessness. Um, was there anything like that for you? Was there any point, like I've, I feel, it seems to me looking at that, that if I hadn't developed that, I would have spent the rest of my life going, oh man, you know what I always wanted to do was start this incredible business. And it always would have been there because it's you know actually in, in reality, really my purpose. Um, and yet I was almost kept from that. I mean, not like it wasn't me. Like I almost kept myself from that. Um, was there anything like when you were when you were young or when you were starting out um, that you found really held you back um, and and did you get through it and um, I mean obviously you probably did um, and and what was that and how was that for you? Uh, well, uh, thanks for sharing your experience. Uh, I, I I I got bits and pieces of it, but not quite that clearly. But uh, yeah, so you know I, I I commend you for for pushing through. And I guess at one point you you looked at your own life and you said, well, this means so much to me that I really want to make a business out of it. And it, I'm sure it wasn't the business that motivated you because when you start peeling the layers back, you probably said, you know, I think I have a gift. I have a gift to help people. Yeah. I want to make people's lives better. And that really makes me the happiest, you know, of anything I've done. Yep. So, <laughs> you know, that's the driving force, right? So, I mean, that's, if, if if one morning you wake up saying, I, I can't live my life without having that purpose and I'm prepared to risk everything. So I, I really congratulate you because that takes a lot of courage, right? So it's a little bit like what I was t- telling, saying before in terms of you have to really define what makes you happy. What are the driving forces? Are you looking for admiration? Are you looking for job security? Are you looking for, you know, you don't want to be in a stressful environment because you had a rough upbringing and you don't have a support system and you have, you know, uh, you know whether it's, we all have, we all have our own neurosis, but you know, everybody's got their baggage, right? Everybody. It's like, don't let anybody fool you. Everybody's got their baggage. Yeah. So, so it's a question of, you know, you took a step back and you made that decision that you were willing to risk and really persist, take chance, 
you know, give it all you have. And, and that takes, you know, not just persistency. It, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of energy. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of, you know, combining factors that, that, that really made you reach your dream, which is what you're living today, right? You're, yep. you're on radio, you're live, you're, inter- you're reaching out to, to people who are interested in what you're doing. So that, that's amazing. So, yeah, I mean, I've had a similar, you know, experience. I mean, I was a professional football player and that's all I wanted to do when I got Were you to, really? To the I pros. didn't know that. I, yeah, when, when I got drafted, I, I mean, you get to the professional ranks, then you realize it's really a business. Your dream becomes a business. Oh, of course. So, yeah. you know, I mean, that was a lot of work and, and persistency and hardship to get there. Um, and basically... You know, it's, it's, I always tell people, if you want it bad enough, but you got to do it for the right reasons, you know? So what are the reasons that are motivating you to want to do this, you know? And let's look at what do you have in your toolbox to be able to achieve this, you know? It's nice that you want to do it, but if, like, one of my friends wanted to be uh, a doctor, you know, uh, at 35 years old, but hadn't graduated from high school. It was a really, it was a great dream that he had, but you know, unfortunately, unless he's prepared to go back, finish his high school, put another 10 years of study, you know, it wasn't, you know, it was hard for me when he came to me for advice for me to sort of tell him there are certain things that, you know, you want to do, but maybe you waited too long. Mm. You, you didn't pursue it. You didn't equip yourself properly. You weren't emotionally or you weren't healthy enough to go after, whether it's physically or emotionally. So, yeah, I mean, everybody has their own battles are persistent you know, some people have a hard time getting up in the morning just going to work because they hate what they're doing right a so lot. i mean that's a that's like a battle people. itself yeah right? yeah and and i and i feel and i i admire them because they got to put food on the table and feed feed people right mm-hmm. kids or but in a way it's sad because they're not happy and, and they, they, they 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 can barely get out of bed to do what they want so one of my close friends who lives in New York uh, went from working on Wall Street. He went through the 2008 financial meltdown. And, you know, today he's got a portable sawmill business. And he's one of my best friends. And man, that guy is so happy. You know, he went from working on Wall Street to, to cutting trees. And, you know, and spending three days with that guy it energizes the hell out of him. Oh. Because he's an incredible human being. He came to terms with him not going back and, and, and trying to be happy in the, in the financial service industry. And he's made a lot of money and, you know, that was his fate. So, you know, he had choices to make, you know, some people took their lives in 2008, 2009, you know, a lot of, yes, a lot. I mean, those were rough years. So, yeah. you know, so that guy, you know, we, we, him and I, you know, we were so close together. He's one of my best friends, but you know, he, he, he persisted through that. You know, I mean, he went from wearing a, a, tie, a suit tie in the morning, to putting construction boots and gloves to go cut wood. I mean, how do you make that transition? But, you know, at the end of the day, the guy likes living so much. Uh, he likes his kids so much. He loves a good meal. He's, he's a hell of a cook or a chef. But, you know, I mean, that to me is a really inspirational story. You know, most people will talk about the story of the guy being a lumberjack going to Wall Street. I'm going to tell you, I'm more impressed with guys at Wall Street yes. who ended up in that business and, and being incredibly happy to me that's inspirational so you know it's it, that whatever you, what you mentioned is so true you really you know you, you got to look at what life is going to to give you and, and you got to be able to take it on and and often that you've got to be strong enough and some a lot of people are listening are alone they don't have 
you know, a husband, a wife, a partner to sort of share that. So they, they, they got to build that internal strength. And part of it is, is to have that acceptance saying, look, I'm either going to accept this faith or I won't, and I'm going to fight it. I'm going to change direction. And because that's what makes me happy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And were there any... I don't know if that made any sense, but anyways. Yeah, no, actually... I hope I I touched that. I think it's really great. And I think that um, there's a lot... I think there's 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 a lot in that. Uh, even just as you said, with mirroring that story with your friend, it's like the commitment was there. That you know what was relentless for me as a um, uh, you know with my business, uh, he found the relentlessness. You know with with life, it's like well, I, I love my family. I love you know th- this is worth staying for. This is worth um, you know uh, yeah committing to. Right. And then found something else that, you know, the, the, other thing, the other thing ended up changing. I mean, that's what I've found. I've found every time that I have put my sights on a goal and been like, God damn it, there is nothing that will keep me from that. Nothing ever has. And it happens very, very quickly. And the world seems to, if you watch it, seems to kind of open and like almost facilitate that a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know? Interesting. Um, but, but without that, when there's one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake, then all of these blocks come up, all of these, you know, that's when, when people are like, oh, I don't know, I just can't find a woman, right? Or I just can't, um, you know, I just can't, uh, um, you know, find the right one, right? Or this thing keeps happening, I don't know why. And it ends up being really, really difficult. The, what I'm noticing is not so much what they're saying, but like the fact that there is that difficulty and then what might be causing that underneath the surface, you know, where are you drawing that, right? Well, I, I, I'd like to expand on that because uh, all the admiration I have for my friend, he uh, he isolated himself mm-hmm. in, in a way where he went from a very busy life in Manhattan to a very secluded life and um, couldn't meet couldn't meet women, and uh, mm-hmm. he he was more and more drowning into depression, and he was calling me up, and I'm like, hey, buddy. <laughs> Are you going out? Are yeah. you going out to your local restaurant just yeah. to have a beer and put your face out there? And you know, and and he wasn't. And yep. He started losing his confidence, and you know, he's a good-looking guy, but you know, he he went from making a lot of money, and all of a sudden, you know, he's he's in an industry that he's created a business for himself. But and you know, so as a friend, you know, and we've been close to each other, and then we've been helping each other out through all of our, you know, life life forces and life changes. And basically, he he had to really work hard, and I was you know I was I was pumping him up, or I was encouraging him to try even you know whatever it's Tinder and the internet, and you know he was he really didn't like that. He didn't come from that generation, and it, I, I I'm getting rejected. I go to yep. date at the horror store. I said, <laughs> look, at least you have those choices. Some people yeah. in you know in, in in certain countries they got to they got to run ten miles to go on a date. I mean, so. You've got to keep everything in perspective. But today, like he's dating, he's very happy. He's dating somebody uh, steady, and you know he he got his mojo pack. He's confident. Yes. But you know he was in a real serious rut. You know I can give him all the business advice, and you know I, I help him out quite a bit on that front. But you know when it when it came to him losing his confidence, and he's a good looking guy. He's a, a guy can he's just a chef. He used to own restaurants in New York. I mean. I couldn't believe that how, you know, but people, that's it's humans, right? I mean, you lose, you, life strikes down on you, you get, somebody abandons you, you, you get dumped. So basically, I, I had to remind him, I would bring him 
to my house here for a week. We'd go out for three days and I'd set up blind dates with them just to sort of get his confidence back and say, look, you still got it. You just, you, you got to get out, out of your hole. You know, people sort yeah. of cave back in and then they started doubting, they start doubting themselves. Then it's yep. a vicious circle, right? Then you get negative, that energy's negative. You communicate with people and they, they feel that negativity. They so, react accordingly, prove you right, cycle continues, negatively reinforces the pattern. Yeah, so, yep. you know, like, like what you're saying, the relationships around you are so important. You know, mm-hmm. and what people have to do is obviously, you know, everybody needs help. Everybody needs to be listened. Everybody needs to talk. So you got to reach out. You know, you got to reach out when you're going through these difficult times. If you're alone or you can't find a, the right person. Well, you know, sometimes you just got to change the way you're doing things. You know, you're either looking in the wrong places or you're not, you're not ready to meet somebody because you're pushing those people away because you're not positive about yourself. You're not happy with your own life. So yep. it's hard to find somebody else to like you if you don't, if you don't like it. So there's a lot of work people have to do on themselves before they can actually go and say, look, I really want to meet this type of person. I want to share my life with this, you know, with this person. So, you know, it's that journey, that self journey that sometimes is hard to do. And, uh, and people have to be willing to do it and, and they got to reach out for help. They got to, they got to go sit down with you, Dominic, you know, <laughs> unless they run a fortune 500, in which case they should sit down with you and then, or maybe sit down with both of us at the same time. I think both of those, <laughs> you do an intake on their life. How's, how's your life going? Okay. I see Dominic. Dominic. Okay. Here's a referral. Go see her. And then I'm going to take care of the money part. I'll be That's like, right. great. I got the rest. <laughs> exactly. We can do that. No problem. <laughs> but you're exactly right. That's exactly what happens. I mean, it's the same thing. It's, you don't have a dating problem. You have a life problem. It's like who you, you have all this stuff going on underneath the surface. It's exactly what we talk about on the show all the time. You know, all this shit going on underneath the surface that's pushing people away without meaning to, right? And then you're sitting there wondering why you're still single. And I was, I was laughing to myself as you were saying about the not going out because people come to me, and they'll be like, I just can't meet someone. And I go, oh, okay. You know, again, on that free um, strategy session that I do, um, they'll come on yeah. and they just go, you know, I, I can't meet anybody. And I go, oh, okay, all right. So, you know, what are you doing right now to, to meet women? Well, <laughs> nothing. nothing. And, and I mean, flat out, they'll just, you know, I'm, not, I'm not doing anything. Like, that's not, like, that's not strange. I'm like, oh, okay. So... <laughs> So, and, the, and then even then I go, okay, level below. What is it that's keeping you, right? What is it that's keeping you from um, going out and meeting people? And that's where the, you know, fear of rejection comes in or the, the jadedness or the negativity that's built up because they've had bad experiences, you know, whatever it is. But it's, it's, it's in there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's funny. I have, a, my wife hangs around with four single women. So they, they, they get together every two weeks for dinner. And I'm the only guy invited there for, for a wine. And I usually sneak out the back door because I feel like I'm, I, I want to leave them as the girls club. Right? Too much so estrogen. They're four, <laughs> four single women from age, we'll say 35 to 55. Okay. And they're all professionally, they're all accomplished. They all have good careers. Some of them are saying, uh, have no kids. Some have kids. So, as a side note, you know, I want to join. I want to join this dinner. Just whatever. Just no, no, send like, my invite. If you can put a mic on the wall, that will be your next show. Fabulous. Okay? I should have them all ask, on. Don't need to ask one question. And I know we're running out of time, so I'll, I'll try to get to the punchline. But you know, it's it's very enlightening because they turn to me and say, "Glenn, you know, you have all these friends and these CEOs, and you're hanging around professional athletes, and we see you on TV and." 
you got you can you invite us to your next thing and you know it's like i have all these precious pressure to match them up okay mm. and i said well you know tell me what what are some of your criteria well you know i'd like to He's got to have a great job. He's got to be an educated. He's got to have at least a master's, uh, preferably no kids. Oh my income, goodness. You know, at least, a, you know, so it's a long list. It's a I'm long like, list. You're go- I said, you're going too fast. I, I take it notes one at a time. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's incredible um, because as people get older, right, they, they know, they, they're supposed to know more what they want. Uh, they're supposed to have more life experiences. And they're supposed to go after in a more uh, organized way in terms of trying to find that significant other, right? So, so now I'm always like, you know what, you know what, it's funny because when I met my wife and I took one look at her, I knew I was going to be with her for the rest of my life. I just knew it. It was just, and I always tell the story. I had met my wife on a blind date. She was supposed to be an hour later. So actually... Uh, I got there. I said, well, give me time to have a couple of drinks and I'll wait for her. She was coming from out of town. So basically when I sat down, I, I sat down to this beautiful girl and I started talking to her and I was like, wow, this girl's incredible. I hope my blind date doesn't show up. <laughs> well, little I know, that was my wife. My wife actually showed up before me. She she was, she was didn't come late. She was there before me. She said, well, it's not as bad. You, you, you were cheating on me, but you were cheating on me with me. So that's been a 20-year running joke. But basically, what I always tell my, my, my girlfriend, my wife's girlfriend, they're all very close friend of mine, um, is that, you know, you know, you don't know who, who that person is going to be, right? So you got to be able to absorb. you got to be able to feel. you got to be, if somebody, that person can be white, black, Jewish, uh, straight, gay. I mean. Mm-hmm. But if you're not connected where with yourself, where you can't feel that emotion of somebody coming in and sort of taking that breath away, or at least getting your curiosity going, it's going to be hard to meet somebody because if you're working from a list that has been pre preconditioned yes. by your parents, uh, that list, I think most of the, I always tell my clients, look, I'm not a relationship coach, but whatever list you got, throw in the garbage. We're going to start with a white piece of paper. <laughs> I like to start with a big white piece of paper. Amen. So, so my advice to people is, uh, you know, uh, chuck the list and uh, you, you really got to open up your heart and your mind to, to feeling around you uh, other people. Those people could be right next to you and you'll never see them. That's exactly right. I'm very impressed by that, Glenn. That was very, I didn't know that's where you were going with that story. And when you said, you know, they said what they wanted and, you know, I want a guy with a good job and I do these sorts of things, things that we think are important, things that we think I want, we want, right? I was literally thinking, you know, to, to mention that's a very common form of self-sabotage is the demand. It needs to look a certain way. Not only do I want my life partner, but I want her to be blonde and I want her to be, you know, uh, 20 years younger than I am and I want this and I want that and I want that. And I actually see, actually, that particular dynamic, I think I see more with women. Um, having the the list or sitting down with a man for a date and it being more like an interview, you know, it's like almost like this fear-based form of, of it's not quite attraction, but um, coupling, you know, of like, well, I have to make sure you're these things. You have to at least be these things. And then I'm, then I'm going to give you the next list of things you need to impress me with. <laughs> and this kind <laughs> exactly. of terrible demand. And you can see like how wildly unattractive that, that might be. Um, but yeah, you, you nailed it exactly right. If you're not, if you're not open, there's just nothing the world can do for you. Yeah, and you know, when people get down because they can't seem to meet the right person, I always remind them that, you know, we live in a beautiful, 
country where you you can actually uh, choose your own spouse because there's countries where you're not even able to do that. Yep. You know, so I said, how would you like an arranged marriage where somebody would actually choose your spouse if you had no you have no say into marrying that person. So, you know, you have the ability to go out and find somebody, you know, that's, that's freedom. That's beautiful. That is a wonderful no, reframe. No offense, but... to those countries. <laughs> no offense to those countries. No, they actually, they actually weirdly um, end up being the happiest marriages. If you look at it statistically, which is a whole nother conversation, which I would also love to have. Because <laughs> that well, okay. I find <laughs> fascinating, but it's very counterintuitive. But you're exactly right. Like what a great reframe. You're struggling to find the right person. You're struggling to, uh, to to find someone, but at least you're in a place where you can choose the one that you want. Like that's a that's a really good reframe. I like that. Yeah, we'll have to check the statistics on arranged marriage uh, because you know on every statistic you can probably depends who you hire. We'll do another study. That is really get to, That is get, exactly get, right. Get other statistics <laughs> to challenge that, but anyway, that's exactly I right. Hope you're right. And uh, and, and right. the research I did, to be fair, was was a while ago, but and I, but it's very surprising. Um, uh, you know, contentment as opposed to sort of seeking that, that sort of continuous seeking, right, for for more happiness, which is, brings us back to the beginning of the call. And you're like, people always want more and more and more. And that actually ends up lowering your overall happiness level, um, despite, you know, uh, despite counterintuitively, right? Yeah. And again, and maybe what we can finish, I don't know, I think we're running out of time, but yep. just to, to full circle back to what you're saying, in terms of people, you know, when I'm saying about how we live in a society of consumption, well, it's the same thing with expectations of people yes. and, and what you want out of relationships. So, you know, uh, sharing a meal where, you know, you're actually at a table and you're not, you know, you don't have to worry about a bomb getting dropped on your head yes. uh, or, you know, your life is not in danger. What I mean, a gift. People, people today are t- tremendously, I mean, the list is long and I, I, I use that example because, you know, a lot of people are like that. And, we all can be like that, but you're right. I mean, people forget about the beauty of simplicity in terms yes. of relationships, whether they're personal, professional, that, that good feeling of trust, or you're, you're actually sharing a genuine moment with somebody. You know, what, what, one of my best friends who is a really an inspirational person in my life, you know, he's a, uh, he's a vegan. He's an interesting guy, uh, very accomplished in the music industry uh, in, worldwide. And, you know, he's one of the most simple guys I know, you know, I mean, he's, you know, all go to is, is, is he owns a, a big uh, private lake and we'll, we'll swim out to the island and we'll, we'll, we'll bring a bottle of wine and a bag of carrots <laughs> and we'll sit down and talk for three hours. I'm like, <laughs> people like oh my God, what are you two hippies? What are you <laughs> two freaks doing? It's yes. Like, but you know what? Yes to both. <laughs> three hours of really intense conversation about everything, our kids, our life, I mean, those relationships, those moments are mm. priceless, you know, so powerful. taking a step back as I get older, you know, it's not, uh, we're going for a ride uh, in my plane. We're going to, you know, I mean, those are just, those are some of the most beautiful, simple moments in friendships or relationships that I can have. Mm-hmm. And that's what I try to, I try to find those, those connections. Bam, mic drop. I love it, Glenn. Thank you so much for joining me. That was a brilliant note to end on. I really appreciate you taking your time. I know you are very busy and very important. Usually I'm kidding when I say that. I'm saying that sarcastically. I'm actually not with you. <laughs> um, but it's a real well, honor you. for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me join your show. It's, it's been a great experience. Good. Happy to have you. And uh, thank you everyone so much for joining me. That's all the time we have. But uh, I will be back next week. So um, up until then, if you are 
You know, if anything that we've talked about has intrigued you, you're interested in knowing more about uh, working with me, then um, you can reach out to me at dominiedrew.com forward slash hello. Uh, and I have for, a, as I said, that free strategy session. We can get on the phone and see how I can help. And uh, Glenn, once again, thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Art of Attraction. This is Domini Drew signing off and reminding you that if you love this podcast, please hit that subscribe button, rate us five stars, and most importantly, share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. See you next time.